Welcome to Happy Hour at the Box with CrossFit Instinct, talking all things fitness, health, wellness, food, friends, and more. Hey guys, welcome back to the Happy Hour at the Box podcast. I am Coach Tim here with very special guest, Robert Reynolds. Robert, say hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we are just sitting here in the front entrance lobby and we're going to conduct a member interview here with a very special guy. He's very unique. Uh, he's kind of this renaissance man who does a little bit of everything and some of you guys may uh, know him uh, from the gym. Maybe you've seen him out at the local uh, music scene playing live music with his band Fun DMC or uh, possibly just out and about in town with his wonderful family. So uh, we're going to get right into it. And first and foremost, I want to introduce Robert to you with the background of CrossFit and where that came into your life and when that started and kind of everything around your fitness journey. We'll start there and then we can kind of go off in other tangents. But um, the floor is yours, Robert. You know, first question to get you started is, you know, tell us at the very beginning of your CrossFit journey. Talk about that a little bit and, and some details behind that. Sure, man. Um, I think it started in 2014, okay. uh, about a year after being a dad uh, and putting on a lot of dad weight. And uh, just kind of realizing, man, I got to do something. So um, my sisters uh, were attending over at, uh, when it was at Gold's Gym. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so yep. uh, I, uh, they just kept telling me, hey, you got to get a hold of this guy named Tim. You got to get a hold of this guy named Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I probably put it off for a while. Uh, it was kind of apprehensive about just the whole thing. And then, uh, yeah, my wife and I had a discussion. She was... She was kind but firm about just some what, of the, yeah. What was the yeah? Just a discussion about like, man, I just really need to get in shape. You've got you've got oh, a kid. That, yeah, 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 yeah. You've yeah. got a, you've got a kid here. Yeah, you know, right. Um, so she encouraged. Yeah, the idea she did. Of it. She yeah. did. We had a we had a, a very memorable, a good conversation, and uh, so uh, I finally, I finally, I think I just sent you a text. Um, okay. And uh, we ended up meeting over at Gold's. Uh, mm-hmm. Went over to when there was still the Fairhills location. Um, kind of had my first introduction, which I had, I, I didn't have like a lot of sports or fitness background. I was in the military, but, um, you know, there, We're, I cannot wait to have this conversation yeah. by yeah. the way, but the fact that you just said that, cause I know, you know, you've, you're well-traveled, you have such an interesting story. So guys really tune into this podcast because it's going to be so interesting. Not that I'm setting Robert up sure. for failure here. You've <laughs> got to entertain us, but He's got a very unique story, but uh, again, he's he's your local CrossFit guy as well. So we just kind of want to get some of that info and and when he started, um, but and then we'll get into more and more of those those very interesting details. But do you remember like the first workout? I remember my first or... night for sure. Yeah, what uh, was that? What so was... we we went over to Fairhills, and I think all we really did were some push ups, some squats, and some sit ups, just to kind of like say welcome to being active again <laughs> and I, I went outside and cried because I, <laughs> did you really did I did I totally tears? did I totally did uh, for a couple of reasons one because it hurt so much <laughs> and two uh, it was just I, I just felt like I mean it had been years since I had done anything active with a purpose mm-hmm. um, I had kind of just been you know either sitting at a desk or not not doing much uh, mm-hmm. as far as being active and so it was just like a wake up call was it tears of at that point so there's the tears of the pain mm-hmm the, the multiple reasons for tears, 
was it tears of like, okay, then was it tears of like joy of doing it again? Was that part of it as well? Or it was, was it the opposite? So it was a little bit of both, like a mixture, I would yeah. say. Like some of it was like, oh man, I really have let myself like get okay. into a bad place here. But then it was also, oh man, I, there's like, there's hope. Yeah. And so there's yeah. a, uh, there's a pathway yeah. and, um, yeah. So, and then that night, um, I, my way home, my wife asked me if I'd stop at the store. Uh, we, we remember this story because, uh, she said, Hey, would you pick up some milk? And I was like, <laughs> I can't walk to the back of the store right now. For real? Like, <laughs> for real. Was... For real. I was like, I don't, I don't know that I could walk to the back of the store. <laughs> so hopefully not scaring anybody off here. Listen, so, these know, people know people are listening. They, okay. they, they, yeah. they all probably have a very similar story. It's always, I always, you know, as a coach, as an athlete, I completely identify, but it's always fun to hear people's first stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a gentleman who trained the first time and he was outside after the workout and he was convinced that he had, he had contracted the flu okay. within that hour. It wasn't the workout. It was, he had just gotten the flu and that's what it was. <laughs> and, uh, so he was, just, no man, I got the flu. I got the flu. I'm like, uh, you know, so I get it hundred percent yeah, for sure. I think we've all had that. I can't move. Yes. Like first story there. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what's one of your like favorite workouts or, or even like favorite movements or what's something you like to do? I like double unders. Okay. Um, because there's, there's a rhythm to mm. them and, uh, I mean, they, they wear you out, but like when yeah. you get into that rhythm, there's like a, it almost feels like you're juggling because you're, mm. you're trying to hold mm. on to this, you're trying to hold on to this rhythm and you're trying to keep everything like really, um, just balanced, uh, yeah. you know, not can you juggle by the way? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if that's a prerequisite. Well, I, I can double under, but I can't juggle. So yeah, maybe I, it's not. I've but. wondered before actually playing an instrument, like playing yeah. multiple instruments yeah. kind of comes into play with that just because there is a, there is a rhythm to it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and defining it. Um, yeah. I think there's, I think it has much more to do with like, if I'm able to, how many I'm able to like actually tie together then that's very interesting. Yeah. The music thing and being able to play instruments, mm-hmm. uh, main, and we'll get into this a little bit, but what are the, what instruments can you play? Uh, I play guitar, bass, piano, um, just kind of like, I, I usually can figure out something pretty yeah. quickly if I, yeah. if I have enough time with it. Uh, okay. I, I play drums on one song that our man does, uh, you know, just, yeah. and I'm always looking to take on a new one. So. Is it, and so let's kind of, you know, within that, within also fitness, you just said double unders and, and possibly instruments. Is there any other movements or rhythm things that you feel like correlate with music? Um, I think this, I think snatch. Oh wow! Really? It's, Tell me about that. It's because everything is so like when it hits, mm. it hits incredibly well. Like when you you even if it's and a lot of times that's at like a much lighter weight for me. But when you can do a like a perfectly flawless squat snatch and land in that squat, land in the catch and catch it, and then just be locked in for a moment, that is one of the best moments when you know you have it, and then you just stand back up with it. Um, is it a chord or is it a riff? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a riff. It's a riff. Well, it's I tell you what it is. It's it's a new. It's when you try a new song out in front of a crowd and they love it. Oh, that's actually probably what what I would describe that feeling as because yeah. you and, yeah. and because there are so many times where you'll you'll grab it, you'll get about halfway up, or you you'll miss the catch, or you it'll fall yeah. forward, or you'll fall back, or whatever, and right. um, or you'll kind of clumsily muscle it up somewhere yeah. but when you can really catch one and just like it and everything locks in yeah. and all the because it seems like there's like 45 steps to a 
to a proper snatch. Right. <laughs> and it, just being able to do it, um, like when one locks in, like I said, even if it's just a bar, yeah. it still, it yeah. still feels, it still feels when great. you do it right. It's weightless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you do it right, yes. you know, yeah. Great. That's awesome, man. We'll have to, I might use that analogy. I mean, I, it makes total sense how that rhythm and that melody and that, just that beauty in the movement, it is art, mm-hmm. you know, movement, uh, music, you know, those types of expressions are linked. Uh, although they're different canvases, there's a, there's a link there for sure. So that's, that's really, really cool. Um, what about, let's talk about some highs and lows. Cause you know, the fitness is that journey, you know, uh, what are some, what are some like, let's talk about the lows really quick. Okay. So you start CrossFit, you know, great. Right. But what are, what are some things that are like, what are some low points in your journey? I, I mean, you know, keeping things positive, of course, but sure. this is a very real thing for a lot yeah, of people. Absolutely. We've all been there. What is something that, you know, just that comes to mind for you? Uh, injuries can be, yeah. um, just sometimes when you feel like you're making progress and then taking time off. And when you feel like a lot of times if you're not, pushing forward, then maybe you feel like you're falling behind. And so mm-hmm. maybe trying to come back early from an injury, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that is, I, I remember one I had was, um, from a box jump, uh, where I ended up, uh, hitting my shin on a, on a corner and needed, uh, some staples, uh, <laughs> not stitches, <laughs> not stitches, they staples. were, they were staples. <laughs> his name is etched. Not only is his DNA etched in the yes. in the box, he, somewhere his, in there. his name with a marker is also etched there yes. too. So I remember the doctor saying, "Yeah, you're going to need staples to to put that back together." So <laughs> so that okay, that cool. was one. Um, you know, any time that you kind of fall off your your nutrition, mm-hmm. um, it can be really easy to uh, because I feel like nutrition and being active, like th- there's no separation of the two. So when you are, when you're eating right, then you feel like you want to be more active and you can't be more active unless you're eating right. Like I couldn't eat like garbage and consistently come here. There's just no way that you can do that. Not, not for long. Um, yeah, I, I know so Matt Frazier recently talked about eating the Snickers bars. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have his metabolism to, yeah, right, <laughs> to consistently, right, right, you know, right. do something like that. So yeah. it's, it's really easy to, uh, let yourself get inside your head. I think, uh, especially when you're like, well, I can't maybe hit the pull-up bar like I used to, because I've kind of let my nutrition lack yeah. in a lot of areas and stuff like that. So those, those can be lows. Um, but to swing that over to yeah. a high, um, I mean, it's, the community here, which I think is what really keeps me coming mm-hmm. here. Um, they never really like, you never feel bad about it. Like not in a way where it's like, there's like shame walking back in. If you haven't been here in a while, or if you aren't in a place that maybe you were at one point, maybe um, you're feeling like you kind of let yourself, you know, uh, fall off the wagon a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've never come back into this place and started over, which I feel like I've started over a few times. Uh, I'm getting better at starting over. <laughs> um, and I, I've never had a time where I've walked in here and anyone has made me feel like, you know, now nah, you, you can't be, you shouldn't be here. Or, yeah. You know, there's right. like shame in that or anything. Yeah. You just, yeah. Yeah. As long as you show up and move and sweat and, you know, yeah. are out of breath by the end of it. I think, I think you're doing a good thing. That's big, man. That's nice to hear. And that's, you hope that's the case. Obviously there's some unhealthy, uh, communities and, you know, obviously I go right away to like, uh, you know, high school and then mm-hmm. the, you know, guys are always hard on each other yeah. or, you know, that friendship or that kind of like uh, shadow friendship or, or whatever it is where, you know, people kind of like shame you or guilt you. Um, and it, it, you know, it's easy in fitness to kind of feel that because there's such a body thing that goes with it. 
so it's so nice to to kind of know that there are places that are positive yeah. and to seek those places out for sure. Because support is such a big deal. Oh, it's huge. Like on the journey, it, you need support no matter what it is, you yeah. know. Um, so that's that's really cool. That's a nice high. Yeah, there's a good energy here. There's just yeah. a good, and, and I've, I've been to multiple classes and it's, yeah. it's at every class. Every yeah. class has its own energy yeah. um, and like its own like way of supporting each other. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just kind of, uh, it's, it's really uh, what I think is like, I, I, if I had to guess, I'm assuming that's what keeps most people coming back is that uh, just the good energy yeah. that is in the room um, where they're supporting you and they're, you yeah. know, people are cheering you on or people are, you know, right. checking in with you, you know. It's like too, like pain. The workouts are painful. Now mm-hmm. there's it's positive pain. You it's growth. Mm-hmm. It's it's resistance that is ultimately like helping you grow. Yeah. And that along with like the accountability of like doing all the reps and you know working as hard as you can even if you're not working as hard as you can cuz I certainly there's days where you just don't feel like but you still show up and you do something mm-hmm. and it's 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 more work than you would be doing. Sure. I think it it really shapes the character of the person, yeah, and uh, the empathy and the humility of the person as well, along with like greatness and kind of building people up. And um, so, there's something within that energy of the space, and also something the energy of of the program of CrossFit and just fitness in general. It's like you get really cool people, yes, because they're getting their butt kicked. And everybody's humble. Yes. It's not like anybody's like not getting their butt kicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the great thing I think about um, how scalable it is, is that there is like during the open or um, there, there is not a level of the workout that is not, regardless of what level you are at, mm-hmm. whether you are an RX athlete or whether you are, you know, scaling it or double scaling it or, you know, uh, whether you're doing 30 inch box jumps or box step ups, there, it's still like kicking the crap out of you. It's still yeah. like you know. It's still getting your heart going. It's still, right. um, it's still. There's still value in it, no matter the the no great the great equalizer. Yes, <laughs> we're all on the same yes. you know playing field. Basically, we're all moving. <laughs> we're all moving. Yeah. Great, cool. Um, anything else within like fitness and uh, you know imprints that now that's I guess that's the other question is like what imprints lifelong imprints other than scars on your shins from you know staples but what are some things that you're going to take with you the rest of your life whether it be fitness or nutrition or mentality or you know is there anything that you're going to you know take with you or even pass on yeah I, I think that's it is, is, is modeling it um, is trying to model nutrition in a way that uh, is something that my kids can have a healthy relationship with. Um, not something that, uh, you know, one teaching them how to eat in the right way, but also how to have a better relationship with, with food, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, seeing it as, you know, kind of a fuel source and also just not having like maybe a lot of the shame that was, mm-hmm. you know, um, that can be involved in it when you, when you are, you know, maybe eating how you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, and then just, I mean, you know, I, my, my kids have, uh, well, Jack came here the other day yeah. uh, for the first time, but my daughter, when I first started CrossFit, her and I were like, she was only a year old and her and I were here together daily. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people 
who've known me from that time remember that where That's right. I would I would show up with a, a gym bag and a baby bag. Yep. And, and a uh, pack and play. Yeah, pack and play. Yep. That was like set Robert. it all set yes. it all up in like the area. I would go claim whatever area I was going to be in. Yep. And um and then pretty soon it was like. She was she was my baby at the gym, but she kind of became everyone's. Like if I was like no rep baby, she was the no rep baby. baby. And so if I was uh, if I was under under a load somewhere doing you know squats, like somebody else was kind of keeping an eye on her, making sure she wasn't like you know climbing out of her. So it was very much like a community thing. She took her first steps uh, over at uh, over at Gold's. What? Yeah, yeah. So I have it on video. It's it's great. She she we had been trying to teach her to walk and, and just having the just so much trouble with it. She maybe had taken like one or two yeah. and then she just took off. Uh, I think she takes like 11 or 12 steps in the video. Wow. Um, and just, it just That's takes pretty off. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so she also potty trained at the gym too, right? Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. she, like? I mean, I mean, you know, there was, there's countless diapers changed in between, <laughs> in between things. I, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, Amazing. She, yeah. So it's just, uh, and then watching her like, um, and then even watching Jack yesterday, uh, I mean, he's, as soon as I grabbed a barbell, he immediately was over there. Like I, I need a PVC pipe or, or, you yeah. know, just like, so they mimic and follow everything. And yeah. so just trying to be that, uh, that example of, of someone, you know, um, not only kind of trying to lead a healthy lifestyle, but also like a balanced lifestyle yeah. and, right. um, right. something that hopefully they'll, you know want to follow and walk into as well. That's really good advice because, you know, CrossFitters are, are kind of self, we kind of make fun of ourselves a little bit too within the fight club idea of like, you know, first rule of, of fight club is don't talk about fight club sure. within CrossFit. The first rule is to talk about CrossFit right. <laughs> and that's wonderful. And, but I think also knowing that like leading by example and like, if you ever want somebody to come into the gym, like it never works out. Like right. it, it only happens if like you're just doing it yep. and they almost like seek you out a little bit. You know, sometimes that situation where yeah. they tell you about it and you, you're ready for it. But uh, it, it's almost like if you want somebody to be healthy, like don't tell them what to do. Just just be the example. Yep. And, you know, when they're ready for that, then that's possibly an opportunity and perfect with kids. Yes. Like, I mean, they're definitely going to. I had this wonderful picture. I think it's still on my phone of Audrey like like almost freaking out you're like doing burpees or something mm-hmm. and like it's at fair hills and she's just like cheering you on yeah and you're you know your face is death at that yes. time and uh <laughs> just it's a, it's a phenomenal thing and it's a great example like they're watching people are watching like the community you know within the community there's always going to be you know beginners there's always going to be seniors there's always you know and it's like it should be that way yeah because the you know we need every combination to keep everybody kind of like moving yes and not get stagnant yeah. so to have that you know even have kids in the gym is is really helpful so great okay cool so that was our crossfit conversation All right. and uh again robert reynolds he's just he's a fantastic person to have in the class because he's just very positive he he knows that's his hour and he's got other stuff to get done, but he knows that's his hour. And uh, so if you ever get a chance to work out with Robert, I recommend it. Um, you work out at what class time? Uh, typically noon. He's a nooner. Yep. He's a nooner. And uh, is there any class time you haven't been to? I've actually tried all of At this point, yeah. I've tried all of them. So I've tried the five at one point. You got the badge. I, I you did. got the badge of every, the, you've done the yep. the buffet. I walked in here at 4.56 a.m. <laughs> on a Thursday. No, no, yeah. Like, wait, right. it's open gym day. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. So you've yeah. done, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. 
So Robert and Robert's picture will also be on the podcast. So you'll be able, if you haven't seen him or know who he is, uh, you'll see his face. And uh, I told him the other day, he's got a very unique, he's a, he's a character. He's got like wonderful features and he's just a very unique person and he'd make a great cartoon. Um, so anyways, but let's dive a little bit more into uh, who you are a little bit deeper. And I think one thing that to me is so interesting is about uh, your childhood and, um, you know, share what you want to share, you know, omit what, what you want to omit. But um, the one thing that was big to me when you talked was, was your time being um, homeschooled. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about sure. when that started? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Kind of how that's made you who you are? Sure. Um, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> I know there's there a is. Lot to I know it. there is. Uh, I will, uh, I'll, do, I'll do my best to probably keep it as much on the positive, but I'll, I'll try to keep it real. I'll try to keep it real. Keep so it real, man. We'll, strike, just... we'll strike a balance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was homeschooled probably, I would say, uh, I think third grade through, well, the rest. Of, I, I went to eighth grade um, for one year, but otherwise, everything. One year you went to? I went to eighth. Well, I went kindergarten through second. Kindergarten and through then second. I went one year for eighth grade, but otherwise everything else was, was homeschooled. That is like torture to, to man. It was to, not <laughs> to go to eighth grade. Yeah. Just to kind of like be dipped back into it. Dude, the hormonal, like, just action, everything happening, yeah. the, the evilness of yep. that age. I and know you're thrown back in. So, but anyways, okay. Yeah. So we're back into, you know, you're homeschooled for a, a all big, through high school and all through all high through, school. Yeah. Most of, uh, most of my life. So. And you are and first off, you're from, where'd you grow up? You grew up in Springfield. So, so Springfield, born right? in, born in Las Vegas, but only lived there till I was about three. Uh, How cool my is parents, that? Wow. It was good. My uh, my dad was a uh, cook uh, at a lot of the uh, hotels that like everybody kind of knows, like that nineteen seventies Vegas era. Um, so like Caesar's Palace and like places places like that. So my dad's a very good, uh, very good cook. So. And you learned some of that from oh, him. Totally. I feel yeah, like you're totally. okay. Yeah. Yep. So that's just you know mark that down as one as one of Robert's gifts is he's a phenomenal cook. And uh, he has magic hands. Sometimes to my detriment, I'm a very good coach. So. Okay, okay, all right, all right. And within uh, and, and within the homeschool, kind of back into that, you you went uh, eighth grade. Where'd you go to school at? For uh, Manual Lutheran. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So I didn't, uh, and I, I was, uh, you know, I mean, I think everybody's awkward at that age, but I just felt extra awkward because Damn. I had no idea what, like, how to really hold a conversation with somebody my own age. It was yeah. like everyone in my life was significantly older than me. So yeah. I, I think I, I think they, they thought I was like a narc or something. Like I showed back up at this school. Like <laughs> who with, is this guy? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's very like, like I'm, I'm talking like I'm, you know, I, like I'm, <laughs> you know, in my fifties. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. Into that then. Yeah. How, what was the influence like from obviously your parents at that mm-hmm. point? Was it mom or dad more your teacher? Uh, probably, I'd say my dad. Your dad was um, your yeah. teacher. Okay. How was that? Um, I mean like, like education wise, like most of that just kind of felt, uh, most of the kids on their own, like, um, whatever happened because my, my parents, I mean, the, I guess if I'm getting into the, the homeschool side of things, which, um, a lot of people ask me who are thinking about homeschooling their children, like, what are your thoughts on it? And I, I don't think I'm a good person to ask because <laughs> my experience was not a great experience. There are people who do it very well. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. so yeah. like, I would never want to like just completely knock it. But, Let's backtrack. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, Hey, good thing here. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But if you ever ask me about it, my experience is going to be, uh, uh-uh. right. like, uh, I, my, it was, uh, much more of 
kind of like more of an isolation than it was an education. So flowers in the attic. Have you ever seen this movie? I've not seen that. It's a, uh, it comes to mind where it's just totally not your story, but, uh, this like evil, like mother, Mm -hmm. like, just locks her kids in the attic okay, okay. Uh, for just forever, basically. Yeah. So uh, that not that that, ter- that sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's it's a terrifying story. I, I'm not remembering all the details, yeah. but uh, back to the isolation. Sure, sure. Back to you know, kind of you know, wow. Like that. Does that make you who you are? I mean, oh, are you sensitive to or you're heightened to certain mm-hmm. things from from that isolation yeah. and and things like that. So. Uh, Couple things come into play here. There's uh, like there's a lot of things. Temple, just throw it all out there. Just throw, just throw what you want, man. So, so there was a lot of uh, things I would have to say with like probably uh, financial, like economically, where we were at, uh, which was very low income, um, and then uh, also just the very religious aspect that played into it. So we were a family that one was very religious and two was very broke. Um, mm. You know, probably all of the public assistance, all of the just, you know, um, yeah. uh, a couple of times remembering like utilities being shut off and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, of course there were people worse off than us, but <laughs> there were a lot of people much better off than yeah. us. So like all of that combined, the seemed like the family was like the kids even were like just kind of working to survive just to like, you know, whatever we could do, whether that would be, uh, running a concession stand with my dad or, uh, doing general hauling, which is kind of like you're cleaning junk out of people's basements or mm-hmm. people who have died, um, you know, and they have like just all this stuff in their house mm-hmm. or, or like maybe there's, uh, what people call slum lords, like when somebody like a tenant would leave and then they would just destroy a house and they would call you in to come clean it out. So mm-hmm. probably from age, I don't know, 13, uh, I've been pretty much working, uh, doing stuff like that. And a lot of that was just to keep, keep the lights on, help with the help to like contribute to like, I know it sounds like communism, but it was just to like kind of contribute to the greater good of Mm -hmm. keeping everything moving forward. So in that, I think a lot of the education, um, aspect was lost because you're just kind of trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got, a, you know, eventually a family of eight, because I have five sisters. Wow, I guess um, I should have yeah. asked that question yeah, first. Like eight, you had five, you yeah. had five sisters. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. And so we're just, I think it's just, you know, it's a, it is a family of eight all crammed into the front seat of one old beat to hell pickup truck. This story just and, keeps getting better. <laughs> I mean, just continue. Keep, please and, and, keep every, talking. and everybody just kind of trying to just survive. Yeah. And so, um, so that experience, I mean, of course that shapes my life. And I think in a way, like I joke about it a lot and I have a, I wear, I, I wear a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because of it. Um, because I always kind of felt like I was missing out on something. And so I kind of always still feel like that, like I'm missing out on something. Um, I Mm. joke a lot about it because like, I don't, well, I didn't know anything about the nineties because I was Mm. not like, I didn't know the music. I didn't, I didn't know the music until I was well into my twenties. I didn't know any of the movies, uh, the references that people like, there are still things that people talk about. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that. I think I only saw the movie speed like four or five years ago. Uh, and that's an incredible movie. I'm so sad yeah. I missed out. I haven't seen it. So <laughs> you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. So spoil it for don't you. spoil it. Okay. So yeah. So, uh, you know, I just, there were like, so like while I feel like there were certain things I missed out on, um, in a way, and this is interesting, um, cause I was listening to, uh, somebody on an Instagram interview the other night talking about just people who have dealt with religious trauma, uh, people who have been kind of struggling to, um, to kind of find some closure 
in some things that they've experienced. And one of the things that she said, uh, this woman who was speaking, um, was that until you actually can accept and find some of the joy that you actually experienced while you were in that situation, you'll never really find closure from it. Mm -hmm. And I had found that interesting because there's a of course, you know, when you think about low income and you think about isolation and you think about some of the things, there's always a lot of pain involved in that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was also sometimes feeling guilty because I, there were some parts of it I really did enjoy mm -hmm. and there were some good aspects of it. And, uh, it really clicked for me when she said that, that, you know, f sometimes finding that, uh, that, that closure is through accepting the good things. And yeah. I think there are a lot of things that, what are some of those things for you to kind of, uh, I think having a sensitivity towards people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, uh, having a lot of grace for people, um, like in addition to us, you know, and the work that we would do, there were all of these characters that my dad would always like, haven't come come in and out of his life uh -huh. um he's just one of those people where characters come in and out of his life uh whether he they would be people that would be like working for him um through you know one of the the jobs that we were doing whether it was you know pulling appliances out of basements like i mentioned earlier or uh people who would show up at the ref like he at one point we owned a restaurant we owned a couple restaurants here in town so um and like restaurants are restaurants are kind of like what i think like a uh like, like a bus station or a train station might be like where the most, the, just the most different people pass through them. Um, if you work in a restaurant, you, you are working, I know I'm on a tangent, but this is gonna, beautiful. Just just, go. yeah. If you work at a restaurant, I mean, you have people who are working through college, you have former convicts and inmates, you know, yeah. former inmates, you, yeah. you have, uh, people who are just, just need like, like a mom who just needs a second job for a little yeah, bit. Totally. Like it is. And, and, it is so interesting to look at the staff of a of a restaurant. You go to any restaurant in this town, yeah. and the diversity of the people and yeah. their backgrounds—it's yeah. incredible. And so, when I grew up, because of being around so many people from a variety of um, just places, you know, um, I think I kind of developed a little bit of grace for people where mm -hmm. my expectations are, are a little bit low, mm -hmm. um, for, for people. And, and maybe <laughs> that, that is grace. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of is. It though, opens like, the table for everything. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. hold anybody to this unrealistic, like standards. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or a boundary that they have to, you you accept everybody for who they are uniquely. Yes. And knowing that people are knowing that at any given point, um, going through life, I think at any given point, you always you are either going to be the person that has to ask someone for forgiveness, or you're going to be the person that has to forgive someone, and um, and you will play that role multiple times in your life. And and so I think that just kind of growing up around so many different types of people and, and seeing them at their best and seeing them at their worst, um, and and had I been kind of like the traditional track of just going to school, playing sports, being involved in that, I probably wouldn't have seen the day-to-day -day, like working side of, of everything. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, and I mean, there are things that I wish I had seen. Um, CrossFit Instincts Prom was my first dance I'd ever been to. So. <laughs> Bring I'm it, glad we did that. Bring it back, to, really bring it back to CrossFit. So we need to do that again. We need to do it again. I, I think that's a great I, idea. Laura and I went, and I was like, I've I've never been to a to a amazing, before, so. amazing yeah. man. That's that's really. I just I I would love to just continue this forever because I just feel like even just mentioned like owning two restaurants in town, you know, cramming five kids in the front of a car. Like it just there's so many so many like little corners and stories about Robert. 
that just make him so unique. Um, he's such a great guy to talk to. Uh, he's held so many positions and jobs. Like Robert married me and Molly. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I know there's a story about also you've worked. Was it Chili's or Applebee's? Yeah, we were to Chili's. Chili's. There's so many stories that I've heard about Chili's. Is that where you met your wife? That's where I met my wife. What, you met your wife. You saved somebody's life at Chili's too? Did the Heimlich. Um, and and I, I will say that in my time and my wife. So my wife and I met at Chili's. We worked there each for about nine years. And um, I would say in my time there, I, I saved one person and we actually witnessed a couple of people pass away. Um, just, it is, you just, <laughs> oh so many God. people pass through, pass through a restaurant. Yeah, and, there you go. Yeah, and not, not from choking or anything. It was yeah. just, they, they had heart. From the awesome blossom, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> they took that off the menu. Um, yeah, I mean. they, uh, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, but I did. Uh, there was a, there was an afternoon where, a woman was choking on a steak and somebody said help and I had uh, I actually had recently uh, retrained on uh, Heimlich and CPR uh, because I was uh, working also part-time out at the uh, Air Force Base the Air National Guard base here in town okay and so uh, that's a terrifying moment but uh, unbelievable yeah, I'm sure it was, it was terrifying it was you know but was. nice to have that like just freshly like reviewed Yes. And that's, that's huge, why I felt right? comfortable with yeah. it because like, what do I she, do here she again? was older and yeah. so I wanted to make sure like I didn't hurt her yep. uh, because there a lot of what I heard was that often um, if you don't do it correctly you can break somebody's sternum yeah. and uh, so I you know she was a little bit frail um, yeah. it took probably about 15 seconds but it felt like five minutes yeah so, yeah man that's amazing i mean gosh that just makes me think of so many other things i'm i'm looking at our time right here and i'm like oh maybe we'll turn this into two podcasts but um really quick i want to talk about something that's just so interesting about you and it's it's fun dmc yeah the band that you formed you you kind of co-formed possibly so or? What, what i was um the weird thing most people don't know that i'm not a founder of fun dmc oh. but i'm really close i'm okay. really close so there was right. a there was a band right before Fun DMC called Closing Time that myself and my friend Aaron uh, had uh, had put together. It was a 90s tribute band, which is where I learned most about the 90s mm. was during forming that band. Uh, for Closing Time um, shut down. Uh, I just, it, mostly because of me, I needed to um, just, I, I had some other things going on in life and just needed to step away from being out on the road. Uh, a couple years went by and Aaron and some of the members of uh, Closing Time and a couple other people I got together and formed a band called Fun DMC, uh, but they really didn't, it was just kind of a very, it was just a basic band, like pop rock band. They played one show and then Aaron reached out to me and said like, we could really use a guitar player, um, like a, like another guitar player. And so I, uh, I agreed to and uh, jumped on board. And so shortly after that, kind of like our branding, like what we're known for, the uh, the mashups. Yes. Um, Aaron and I have a, have a really good uh, creative relationship. And so once I think we both kind of just like it hit us both, this this needs to be what the band is. Oh, wow. Um, if people don't know, I mean, I'm assuming most people know, but when you say mashup, it's when you take two songs that seemingly should not go together, um, but, and, and you make them work together. And so yeah. there's a, uh, there's, there's like a blending of um, like two things that people are very familiar with and then creating something completely new 
yeah. out of it. What's the most unique blend artist, you know, songs that you've put together uh, that just would kind of blow people's minds? Yeah. How do you put those together? I think one of my favorites to watch that we do right now is um, we do Party in the USA, but we do it to- Miley Cyrus, mm-hmm, right? Okay. Miley Cyrus. And we do it to the music of Santeria by Sublime. Oh, and, wow. And so it takes Party in the USA and it makes it like in that reggae rhythm of Santeria and so and that is like it's one of the most divisive moments on the dance floor because as soon as you start that guitar riff to Santeria like a lot like a lot of guys my age they're kind of like oh yeah like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're gonna yeah, right. and then and then we just jump into the Miley Cyrus lyrics um, and, and it fits perfectly like right in the pocket over that um, and you kind of see like this look in their eyes, like they feel like they've been betrayed. <laughs> uh, and then most of them, I would say the majority of them, they always kind of just, okay, I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it works. And of course, but it, the song works really well, like o- overall for the crowds. Um, and then we, we, we kind of weave back in and we go into actually like the Santeria, the way. Yeah, so we kind of blend it all in and do it so many different ways. It's so fun. I mean, Fun DMC is such a good name because, you know, Run DMC, just how you've even that whole idea of, of that name. I don't even know if that's linked to it at all, but like. It's uh, the way it came about is the, uh, the band, uh, a friend of mine named Travis, who if people know me, um, they've probably seen that we do uh, these very nostalgic looking Christmas cards oh, um, yes. every year. Uh, and so uh, Travis was doing a band photo shoot. The band really didn't have a name yet. He was just trying to take some pictures. This is before I was in the band. Um, he was trying to just take some pictures of the band and they were trying to figure out a name. Uh, Fun was really big at the time, uh, the band Fun. Okay. You know, yeah. they had like two huge albums and then okay. kind of disappeared. Yeah. Um, and so, and we, like everybody kind of like in the circles we were running with just loved that band. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and uh, Travis just, I mean, he just said the words. He was just standing there taking pictures. He's like, hey, he's always got something funny to say. He said, you should just call your band Fun DMC. And everybody just kind of looked at each other and went, Okay, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Like with, was with, the... without even knowing that yeah. it would be a mashup band. Yeah. Um, wow. It, it, like it was like it was prepared for us yep. like in advance. Yeah. So. Uh, just moments of of brilliance. Yeah. In yeah. there, right? Fantastic. Well, if you haven't ever had a chance to see Fun DMC play live, please do. I mean, it is the coolest experience and extremely talented. Every single part, every member of that group. Uh, plays uh, and like a role that is just so important. It seems like you've got such a wide variety of of voices and talents, and everybody's a character, yeah, like in their own way. And it's just they're just a really, really good good band and very successful. Uh, that's a hard thing to do is to be a band that sticks around. How long have you guys you know been together now? We'll be almost eight years. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. Where where can people find Fun DMC music? Other than just live, like, is there any other places people can go to get it? Um, I mean, like, you can see, you can see, uh, like, we have a YouTube channel. Okay. And so you can find, if you start at just fundmc.net is a good place to okay. start where you can start to kind of, then you can venture out and all the links are there. Uh, we do, we do a lot of video content, um, not only with just our music, but we do a lot of creative, just community, mm-hmm. um, uh, video type things. Um, when, uh, you know, when COVID kind of shut everything down a little over a year ago, uh, you were, you suddenly became a band without a stage, yeah. which is, which is, I mean, you have to have a stage to be a band. Right. And so, uh, we had to make some decisions like 
what are we now? Like, what are we going to do? And so Fun DMC really kind of leaned into this idea that not only, I mean, since we can't perform live right now, we could maybe serve the community by being kind of a resource center uh, where people could go and, you know, find some resources for, you know, kids doing lunches and free lunches and stuff for kids that weren't in school at the time because they'd shut everything down. And that kind of led into us doing a little more, some collaborative videos with a lot of the bands from around town. Um, we have a couple that uh, have been viewed by a lot of people actually, uh, where we have just reached out to some of the bands and made a video that one was just to kind of bring hope to people that just said, Hey, mm-hmm. we'll be back. Um, you know, cause I mean, especially you look back at like April, May of last year, yeah. no one had any idea where things were going to be. And, right. uh, at the time and then over Christmas kind of the same thing, we did a, uh, collaborative reading with, I think like 40 or 50 other band members like from around town. Um, just, we did a collaborative reading of uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas and it was just uh, like seeing all their personalities was really cool. So yeah. if you, if you venture in to find Fun DMC, yeah. you're going to find a lot of things. You're gonna, a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so Fun DMC.net. Fun DMC, Fun DMC.net. Instagram. Instagram, Facebook. All yep. that jazz too. Yep. YouTube channel. Yes. As well. So, and then your, your Miley Cyrus and your, your sublime Santeria song. Uh, is that on YouTube? Can people no, hear that No, most yet? of the time, okay. we just because of like rights to yep. get, getting rights to music, yes. it gets a little complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. like, I'm sure there's a lot of like phone footage of people like filming okay. some things of us, you okay. know, out there. Um, but anything like we've not done like any proper studio recordings just because you, YouTube will usually uh, yep. block that. Yes, if you, if understood. You do. So yeah, uh, but I mean, co- things are starting to open back up. Yeah. Uh, May 7th, which is Friday night, uh, we'll be at the Blue Grouch. Okay. Uh, they have a really nice outdoor uh, beer garden there. And then uh, I want to say, hopefully I get the date right, May, end of May, I think Memorial Day Sunday, we will be at uh, the Curve Inn. Great. So and they have a nice, also again, kind of like an outdoor yeah. Uh, beer garden as well. Right, right, so. right. Fantastic, guys. Well, you know, I, there's so much more to go, but we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, Robert Reynolds, just the Renaissance man. Uh, there's just so much wonderful things to say about him. He's a beautiful person, and uh, you know, he's got such a unique story, and I think everybody does. And and but Robert is just so uh, articulate, and he's an artist, and he's an he's a writer. And there's just so many things that he does that's so interesting. But uh, he's also just got a really big heart. And that's one thing, one reason I wanted to interview him. And, and me and Molly thought that he'd be a great person for you guys to kind of get to know a little bit better. So um, anything else, Robert, that you want to kind of leave uh, or a message that you want, uh, uh, maybe a, an encouraging message or uh, some type of, of I don't know, uh, quote or something that sure. comes to mind for you at your point in the in your life at this point? Yeah. Uh, I, I would, I would say, um, to, and this is just something that I've had to experience lately is, um, don't be afraid to walk back in the door. So, oh, um, like wow. for, for me, um, if I'm being honest, it was hard to walk back in these doors. Um, having been off a little bit, having kind of, uh, you know, 2020 was hard on a lot of people, uh, just being kind of isolated and, um, like with my health and nutrition and stuff like that, like, you know, I, I didn't have a great year. Yeah. Um, and, and just that it, it took a lot to, to walk back in. And then I think it took a, like a total of 60 seconds for me to go, why did I ever, why was I ever afraid to, yeah. to walk back through those doors, man? Yeah. And so I, um, a, you said, you said quote, a uh, quote that, um, I always repeat something my dad said. Um, I don't know if he originated this or, uh, or not. I just, uh, there, there are no heroes or only heroic moments. 
and that uh, people uh, people are complicated and that there are a lot of, you know, people have their ups and their downs and you just kind of have to take people and yourself um, as you, as you're able to. It's beautiful, man. There you go. Like I said, guys, he's just wonderful. So, uh, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this, uh, podcast happy hour at the box. Thanks so much. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube and get a hold of us. If you'd like to get our gym emails, stay in the loop of all things instinct.